Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in today. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you. And this week is no exception. I am super excited for, been looking forward to this conversation. The Executive Director of Story and Experience from Sandals Church. Sandals is an incredible church. Uh, Dan Zimbardi was on in the past, executive pastor from there. Uh, it's repeatedly on the fastest growing church uh, list in across the country. They are consistently there and have been there a, a bunch of times, which means we need to lean in and learn from them. If I'm counting right, they have 13 campuses uh, across California, plus Spanish services and church online, a, a robust online strategy that I've pointed to multiple times with Sandals Church Anywhere. Uh, Melody is uh, the leader we're talking to today. Melody, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Hey, Rich. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be great. I uh, Why don't you fill in the story? What am I missing about Sandals? I, I feel like it's hard to keep up with. You guys are always moving, always shanking. There's always something new. So uh, yeah. what what what, do we, what did I miss about the, the Sandals story? Well, I think you covered it pretty well. We we did recently just make a change on my team specifically. We, we've been the story and experience team, but we've just now moved over to being Sandals Creative. Um, and that's okay, worship, nice. production, video, and design. And we wow. have kind of our tagline is that we, we tell stories and create experiences that connect people to Jesus in real life. Um, our vision at Sandals is this vision of being real. And so mm-hmm. um, I want to bring storytellers and artists, musicians, um, people who love audio, production, all of that stuff here who want to tell the greatest story ever told um, and connect mm-hmm. people to Jesus in their real life. Not a weekend experience, but a, a day-by-day experience that they where they love and encounter Jesus. Love it. You know, um, for folks that are listening in, Melody is at the center of a, a a church that does a great job on exactly what she's talking about. You you are um, have you know huge influence over this area. But when I hear all those areas, I'm like, there's a ton of people behind all of that. Right. Talk me through kind of what the you know you just which I loved just you know rattled through. Here's all these different teams. Talk about those teams. Give us a bit of the scope scale. Help us think through that. Give us a, a sense for folks that are listening in on the team side when you think about here's, sure. here are the kind of areas that you're leading. Yeah. So um, worship and production, um, we run uh, live services, uh, multiple live services at our campuses. Um, right now we're, um, we do have 14. Uh, we, our latest campus that we're launching in Santa Rosa, which is north of San Francisco, um, isn't fully launched. So we're running one service there right now. But mm-hmm. um, we have one part-time person um, in worship and one part-time person in production at these campuses, which means everybody else is a volunteer. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to get into talk about how we do that because it's mm-hmm. 52 weekends a year. We got to keep this machine rolling. Um, video and design are really our teams around um, everything that you see outward facing around our art, um, bumpers for video for sermon series, um, any videos that we create, story videos. Um, they are the ones who are kind of thinking through how do we make this idea come alive. We work a lot mm-hmm. with our senior pastor, Matt Brown. Um, mm-hmm. He 
he comes into um, these conversations, um, and it's different for every senior pastor, but he really loves to sit in the ideation phase. And mm-hmm. um, we, we kind of lean in and like, what's God saying to him? Okay, how do we bring this mm-hmm. to life? So mm-hmm. um, we have a lot of fun, but mm-hmm. um, we we work really hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. So there's a lot of people wrapped up in there. A lot of teams. I love the, you know, the focus on volunteers. I think sometimes there's this misnomer as churches grow larger that like, well, that's got to all be paid people. But Sandals has done so much of what you do is with volunteers. I'd love to learn from you on that. What, what, what is the, uh, maybe some of the, the problem around building teams when you think about, okay, it's difficult for churches to do that. Why is it, why is it so hard for us to build high performance teams? Yeah, man. I, when I moved, first moved into the role um, that I've, I'm in now, I recognized that we had a, a problem in that we had this growth strategy to plant campuses, but we had no growth strategy for our worship and production teams. So mm, when you take them out yeah, of the equation, good. weekend services are going to really take a nosedive. Um you know, you walk into a service, you want a full band, you want a stage that's alive, you want a, mm-hmm. a full booth where people are running and, and the lights, the lyrics, everything mm-hmm. looks and sounds really good. So I recognized we don't have a growth strategy for this. And so mm-hmm. when I was visiting campuses, I was seeing really small teams. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I thought we, we've got to address this. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of started putting a lot of emphasis around this idea that at, at our core, when I'm hiring someone, um, they may be a great musician. They may be able to sing riffs around, you know, whatever. They may mm-hmm. know everything about tech. If they do not value and understand that they are a team builder, they're probably not going to work out here. Mm-hmm. And so it's a unique person to find mm-hmm. um, musicians. You can find musicians everywhere, especially when you're mm-hmm. an hour outside of LA. <laughs> but mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. do you have someone who wants to invest in people? And so that's where I recognize our core problem wasn't just a, hey, you guys got to build teams and get people. I really had to help people see and embrace the value of it. Mm. What is it actually that we are trying to do? And that's when I think we've made a real shift um, mm. to have the robust teams that we have right now. Yeah, I love this. And and if for folks that are listening in, I, like I have found this same tension around, uh, particularly in our creative department, where it's like, it seems like, and I, listen, I love creatives. I love worship leaders. I love people <laughs> that do creative things, but there's like a, um, I want to be the person on stage, per, you know, kind of undercurrent with some, not with all, where it's like, and and the idea of replicating other leaders, finding, releasing, equipping other leaders, it seems to be difficult for folks in that domain. Is that true? Am I misreading that? I, I feel like I've bumped into that dynamic. Have you seen that sure. with some leaders? Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's difficult for leaders to think about it because I think that we're often thinking about it through the wrong lens. We mm-hmm. think that if someone else is as good as we are, we have devalued ourselves. When the truth is when we when we when we reproduce ourselves, we have increased our value because now there's someone else who knows what we know. I think mm-hmm. I think great leaders are always asking these two questions. Who knows what I know and can do what I do? This is mm, what I this is good. what I burn into our team. Who knows what you know and can do what mm. you do? You need mm-hmm. to that needs to get you out of bed. That needs to motivate you during the day. You need to be thinking. I mean, when COVID hit, 
we, we all had this weight to carry of who, who can fill in. I've, I'm positive mm-hmm. or I've been, I've been, you know, exposed. What are we going to do? So mm-hmm. that really did create a moment where I think our teams in a fresh way understood how important this is. People have mm-hmm. to know what I know and can do what I do. If I'm mm-hmm. the only one who knows this, um, I am not an asset to the organization the way that I could be if not mm-hmm. only I know it, but two, three, four, five other people know it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's been a shift to get people to see that. But mm-hmm. here's the other here's the other beautiful thing too. Um, what I tell our team all the time is people are not drawn to task. People are drawn to mm-hmm. vision. So mm, throw this idea of asking people to help out the window. I, I say all the time, mm. we are not asking people to help. We are empowering people to serve. Um, mm. You know, first Peter makes it really clear that God's given each of us a gift. He did the hard work, right, of mm-hmm, giving us mm-hmm. the gifts and skills we need. We just have mm-hmm. to empower people to use them. And so mm. um, I, I watched, you know, one campus in particular, our, our model is really around um dying churches and going in and bringing new life to them. And mm-hmm. so we had a campus where there were eight people left in this, in this certain wow. congregation. Um, everyone was over 65. Mm-hmm. And so we had a part-time worship lead. How's he going to build a team there? Like wh- how's right. he going to do this? He, <laughs> yes. he now has, um, he now has 20% of the congregation on his team, on, on his team. <laughs> wow. And, That's amazing. and, and they're young and they're vibrant and they're full of passion. And when I, I interviewed him for um, a conversation not too long ago, I said, what was the strategy? And he goes like mm-hmm. this, I just don't quit. <laughs> that, that was right, it. Like, that nice. was the answer. He just, he, <laughs> I hustle. And so I mm-hmm. think too, when it comes to team building, we can talk about things to try and things that you should do. But I think at the end of the day, leaders have to be telling their teams, this is a grind. It is a mm-hmm. grind. It, mm-hmm. If you're built on a volunteer structure like we are, this is a grind. It doesn't go away. Volunteers get to quit whenever they want to. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Sunday mm-hmm. morning at 730, they get to quit if they want to. Yes, and yes. So we have to know that we have to understand this is the reality of the situation. But when yes. you're empowering people to serve and you're casting vision, man, people want to be a part of that. Um, yes. And that's how we're seeing our teams grow. Love it. I love that you're calling this out. You know, this is one of these things I, in campus expansion, you know, I coach churches around that. I've done a bunch of that myself. And I, oftentimes I come back the way I say it is like, there's a lot of this that just isn't sexy. Like it's, it's just a ton right. of work. Like yep. it is, we are going to call people. We're going to get in front of them. We're going to, when you talk about the grind, that team building is the grind, what would be some of those elements of the grind? What, what leaders that are really succeeding in building strong teams in your environment, what are those things that they're kind of consistently doing that feels like, you know, wow, we're just, we're just pounding on this time and time again. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I would say I start with this idea of a value, like what is a value? Mm. And so here's, Mm. here's what I tell my team. If you're not Mm. vocal and it's not visible, it's not a value. Mm. Don't, don't say building a team is a value if you don't talk about it and you don't see Mm. it. My teams know, they know when we go into a team meeting or whatever, we are not talking about team building. We, it's it's mm. going to show up. They, you know, they might do a little eye roll, but they know we're talking about it because of the value, the value that mm. it brings to their campus and the value that it brings to our church and the value that it brings to the person. Um, right. When I meet our volunteers around our campuses, when I travel, they're so excited to be a part of the team. 
They're so mm-hmm. thrilled that they're getting to use these gifts and skills. Someone mm-hmm. had to go invite them. Someone had to mm-hmm. go have a conversation. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I tell my team is start with this idea that if this is a value, you're talking about your team all the time. Um, you're casting vision for your team because if it's if you're not vocal and it's not visible, it's not a value. Um, mm, that's so good. W- one of the second things that I tell our leaders all the time too is <clears> – <throat> You're going to find volunteers that care about the work when they feel that you care about them. And Mm. so don't, don't like recruiting is just a part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. There's this after piece to, you know, doing things that cost nothing, but mean everything. Mm. Text your team, like build time Mm. in your calendar to, Hey, our weekend services were dynamic and you were a part of making that happen. Um, Mm -hmm. We've adapted the phrase for our volunteers. We couldn't do this without you. And mm-hmm. we say that it's true. Like w- yeah, it's we've got a part-time true. person like on the, that's who's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to last you for about a couple weeks until the congregation's like, where's everybody at? You know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. let your volunteers know we couldn't do this without you and, and we wouldn't want to. Um, and so I've, we've, we do some strategy things, but I sometimes when I'm sitting with one of our campus leads and they're like, I'm having a really hard time building a team. I'm like, tell me what you've tried. And a lot of times they're, they're thinking up here, like, I need to be doing this and spending a lot of money when really put on your calendar, text everybody on your team. It's going to take yes. you less than an hour. It's, it's little things. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we, we skip the little things and then we miss big results as a, you know, because of that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. When, when you say part-time, wh- how, how part-time is part-time that those, those people are, is it vary depending on the campus size or what does that look like? Yeah. So if we have a campus that runs three services, sometimes you're up, it's like up to 25 hours. If they run two right. services, it's 20 hours. Um, they have a midweek rehearsal, but we don't like, these aren't full-time roles. Like this is not no. the only thing these people have going on. So it's even more mm-hmm. of a challenge. So mm-hmm. we have to really sometimes sit down with them and say, you've got this many hours a week. Team building is our highest value. I want to see this reflected in your hours. I want you right. to show me f- with your hours what you're doing and, and how you're connecting with your team, reaching out to them, having conversations. Um, and and with our model, um, I often say to our campus lead, when you're feeling a pain point here, I want to know what your dialogue with your campus pastor is like, because mm-hmm. your campus pastor wants a full stage. I can tell you right now, I know he does. So <laughs> how many conversations are you having with him around this idea. So in our model, we've got, we call it network. A lot of people might call it central. Then we've got the campus. Our job at the network is to resource, train, and equip these campus leads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. resource them, we train them, we equip them. And so, but it's a very collaborative effort from a coaching perspective that you've got Mm -hmm. a network supervisor and a campus pastor Mm -hmm. aligned with each other, that team building is a value. It doesn't mm-hmm. work if one holds it and one doesn't. Yeah, that's very so we, true. We, we spend a lot of time with our multi-site model, making sure that networking campus supervisors are aligned with what the mm-hmm. employee should actually be producing. Love that. Let's talk about that a little bit more. We did, so at Unseminary for about a year, we did this uh, once a month episode that was on multi-site. And it was, a, well, what we did was we had this like round table. It was the same people every month. People would send in their questions and the... Um, after about six months, I realized everyone is sending us the exact same question, 
which is exactly <laughs> what you just talked about there. Yeah. Some version of, in your language, network versus campus. It's like, yeah. how do I get these people to work together? How do we get alignment? How do we get our network supervisors and our and our uh, campus pastors? How do we get them working together? Talk us through what that looks like. It could be within you know this this particular area or more broadly. How are you doing that? How are you staying connected, ensuring that you're aligned with those people? Yeah, this is the ongoing conversation in an organization, you know, the size of ours. And I, I like you, when I talk to friends in ministry who are multi-site, this is just an ongoing pain point. So I think one of the things that we have to recognize is if you're in a growing church, you have growing pains. <laughs> this is a growing mm. pain of a growing church. So mm -hmm. we shouldn't go, man, this isn't working. We should say, hey, we're having growing pains. Let's yes, celebrate yes. that we're growing. Yes. Um, let's not take that for granted. So where I've put a lot of time and effort into this is as I visit the campuses and I understand, um, one, we I establish something called the weekend win. What is mm -hmm. the win on the weekend, regardless of what camp Sandals Church campus you're at? Okay. Um, that And that started with a, a conversation with a guy on our executive team who oversees our campus pastors. We collaborated and said, we feel like these things are what are inside a weekend win. Um, mm. A team that's well prepped, um, a team that brings presence to the platform mm -hmm. and to the booth. They're mm -hmm. they're they're reading the room. They know what to do, and they're they're highly connected to people. So loving the volunteers, mm. recruiting new people. This is this is what we want it to look like. We feel like when you've got these three components, a dynamic weekend service is is going to happen. So then we kind of had to take a step back from those and then go, okay, so then what does it look like for there to be collaboration around making, how, how do we make this happen? Mm -hmm. So some, mm -hmm. of the, some of the tactical things that we've done um, are, because we also have some dual role employees. They're a yep. full-time employee with 20 hours at the network, 20 hours at the campus. So they've got two hard lines. So mm -hmm. how, how, how do we make that work? <laughs> um, yes. we've, we've done some things like um, two-on-ones so mm -hmm. there, there's a one-on-one, -on -one, but then um, once a month, there's a two-on-one. -on -one. And that okay. looks like the network supervisor, campus pastor, having a quick, brief conversation before oh, they sit good. down with the employee. And they go, hey, from my perspective, she's doing great. From my perspective, mm -hmm. she's really struggling. Okay, where? And then let's, we're going to address those. Um, the second mm -hmm. thing we do is we have weekend evaluations that come from the campuses to the network every weekend. Mm -hmm. And campus pastors and network supervisors both have eyes on those. So mm -hmm. they know the campus pastor was at his campus. So he could tell you, I felt like this went well. The network mm -hmm. supervisor who may not be there can go, there was some behind the scenes stuff that, you, that you're not aware of that we, we need to touch base on. So the mm -hmm. weekend evals tell us a lot about how it's mm -hmm. actually going. And, <laughs> and they both have eyes on that. Um, yeah. and, and, and so we've had to address how do we do performance reviews? Um, and we're, we're still working through some of these. But what I have, what I have said um, to our campus pastors and network leads is if we have a frustrated dual role employee, most likely that's our fault not theirs. Mm, so true. We haven't, so true. we haven't created a structure that's working for them. So they're not doing mm -hmm. great work for us. Let's mm -hmm. improve the structure. Let's improve the process. And then let's see if their performance grows. Mm -hmm. And, and by and large, it really has, as we have addressed the, the pain points with having the network campus, you know, fun, 
fun structure. Yes. Tension, tension to <laughs> yes. be managed. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And I, so many times, that's, that's such great friends. If you just listen, there's some great coaching that we just went through there. Thank you so much, you know, for that melody. The you know the so many times that conversation degenerates down to who's in charge. It's like who gets to fire who, and that's like the worst case scenario. And I love right. that picture of let's get together and agree on what the win is. Let's do the hard work at the campus leadership and network leadership to say, okay, what is it that we're actually trying to do? Because we both need to agree on that because we're pushing at it from just different angles. We're trying to come yeah. to the same thing where as opposed to, you know, because oftentimes that's where the tension is created. They both sides of that equation maybe think the win is different. They don't, they don't yes. actually have alignment on what that is. That's very good. When well, you, when you, th- would, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, go ahead. Absolutely. No, one thing I was going to say to that, Rich, because this is something that I hear a lot, even when I talk to um, pastors and friends and, and other churches, one of the things I think needs that needs to be addressed at the executive level is um, if a, if a senior pastor or an executive pastor is visiting a campus and they hear something or see something they don't like, I call it mm. the power of the first text. Who are they mm. texting when the stage mm. isn't going the way they want it to or there's production issues? Mm. Whoever they're texting first has to have a voice and weight and and say into how those things are going. So I, I've mm. heard of churches that are structured where the campus pastor has full autonomy in terms of leadership over campus staff. But Mm -hmm. if someone visits their campus and and they don't love how it went, they're texting someone at the network. But that network, that person at the network doesn't have a voice. They don't have say Mm -hmm. into it. Mm -hmm. So I would would put it back on executive level leaders to say, if when you visit a campus and there's something that you don't like or something you want to see more of, the power of the first text, who is that person? Make sure Mm -hmm. they have a voice and a seat at the decision-making table. Um, Otherwise, you're, you're creating the problem. And, mm-hmm. and you need to address that by giving leverage and decision-making responsibilities to the people that you're reaching out to, to say, Hey, fix this. So yeah, that, that's it. a, that's a pain point that comes up a lot that I hear about. Yeah, that's good. I love it. So on the team building, um, you know, how do we build and release great teams, volunteer teams? What is Sandals doing from a recruiting point of view? Like, I think sometimes there's this tension of like, they, somebody else needs to get up and talk about this thing and that'll solve my problems. Like, and whether that's in creative or in, uh, you know, other areas, what is, what is kind of recruiting at kind of a system wide point of view look like? And then how does that relate to, you know, what your particular team is doing? Um, I think we, I think one of the things that we talk about is our, our core values that we're raising up within our own church, the people that we Mm want to see. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to visit a campus. Um, I, I will sometimes sit down with a worship lead and say, you know what a win looks like for you? A win looks like for you when you're on, but you're off, meaning you're mm-hmm. at your campus, you're coaching your team, but you're not on a position because mm-hmm. you have raised up and developed people who can do what you do. They know what you know, mm-hmm. and they can mm-hmm. do what you do. So mm-hmm. you're walking into rehearsal with a coffee you're cheering them on, you're high-fiving them, but you don't have to be on because of the work that you've done. So mm. we've we've put a lot of training and resourcing around um, our own development. We, we have mm. um, what we call Rogo School. Um, mm. That's real with ourselves, God and others, because that's our vision. Mm. But it's a, mm. it's a development. It's a training school. Mm. We're trying to train up from within. So I can tell you that for us on the worship side of things, um, of our most recent worship lead hires have all come through Rogo School. We've trained and equipped and resourced them, and then we've hired Mm -hmm. them. So Mm -hmm. um, just recently I was at an event that we were having, and every single person on the platform was in Rogo School. They were 
And, and so I'm, I'm watching it work. Um, right. you, you know, we, we, you know, we'll utilize some of the higher level things. Um, you know, if we want to reach out to a headhunter, creative staffing, church staffing, those type of things mm -hmm. for higher level roles. Um, but when we're looking for mm -hmm. these part-time roles, a lot of that we're doing internally, um, right. because we trust our own process. Like we, yes, yes. we know this person knows what they need to know. And sometimes when, mm -hmm. when you're growing church, the DNA of the church culture inside a person is more important than their raw talent or skill. Right. Right. It, they, they may be able to lead like crazy, but if they don't understand the context in which they're leading, it's not going to work. Um, so we've, we've done a lot of hard work. You mentioned Dan Zimbardi before. Um, he, he really kind of birthed this idea of let's train them up ourselves. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're seeing the fruits of that in, in the past few years for sure. Love it. When you take it kind of a layer below that. So I'm out of campus. I'm one of these part-time people. I'm, uh, what are, what are we doing as a church or what's the church doing to help me find a drummer? I need a, dr I need more drummers or always seems to be, you know, that seems to be an issue. Uh, yeah. how much of that is just on that individual leader? Are you doing like a regular recruiting process for at that level for like the volunteers on your teams? What is, talk us through what that looks like. Well, what, what's been beautiful as, as we've grown is, you know, everybody brings different strengths to the table. So yeah. I, I might have a worship leader at this campus and they're just the dynamic team builder. They're a people mm -hmm. person. They're charismatic. They're working the lobby every week. They're, they're, they're just that person. Then I've got mm -hmm. a person who maybe is more introverted. Conversations are difficult for them. And so mm -hmm. what we do is we look at the size of the campus and then we set sizable, reachable goals. So I might say, you know, to, to one of our worship leads, your campus is about 300. Um, you've, you've auditioned X amount of people. I want to set a 30 to 60 day goal. I want you to have three conversations and audition mm. one person by the end mm. of the month. Can you do right. that? These bite-sized goals, because then what happens is, and this is one of the key points, I think, when, when you're when we talk about, hey, team building is our thing, you're being evaluated by team building. Um, one of my core principles across the board as a leader is um, celebrate before you evaluate so that you don't deflate mm. your team. Mm. Um, oh, that's good. Since I want them to do this, they're constantly being evaluated by how they're doing. Mm -hmm. but, a de but a deflated team is going to underperform every single time. Mm. So- I will reach out to that lead and say, hey, did you have the conversation? How did it go? Oh, I was nervous, but I did it. Dude, you did it. You did it. It's <laughs> awesome. You had a conversation. Dude, you might have a new drummer in just a month. How Think, think about how awesome right. that's going to be. And that celebration is like fuel in the tank for them. And so mm -hmm. what, I've, what I've seen, Rich, and this is how I know it works, is that through celebration – evaluation becomes less and less of a nemesis. It becomes less and less of like, oh, I can't stand this. And then mm -hmm. when when they feel like there's this, okay, I'm celebrated, so the evaluation's gonna come. They're not mm -hmm. deflated. A deflated team is a depleted team. They're exhausted, right, right. even if the work isn't too much. They're just constantly right. feeling your displeasure. So right. I ha we have to look for the little wins. When we started campus up in the mountains, um, mm -hmm. We, we recognize right, I mean, right, right off the bat, they're going to attract most of the same people all the time. They're not going to get the influx of visitors that our other campuses get. So we've got to mm -hmm. do things differently. So mm -hmm. that leader, we started going, Hey, what could you do? You could visit some coffee shops. Could you put together a jam night? Could you? And he mm -hmm. just went into the grind. But every time he auditions somebody, we 
we like went nuts. We were like, you did it, <laughs> dude, great. you did it. And yeah, now yeah, he's yeah. built so this phenomenal team. And so it's a grind, but man, when you celebrate the little wins, your team will go the distance. They will do the work. Yeah. Love it. Can you talk to us? This is kind of a foundational question. I probably should have started here, uh, <laughs> but you'd think 600 episodes in, I could think through this, these things, but um, you know, we've been talking so much about the fact that you have such, you know, part-time staff like that, which is amazing. Um, why? Like, why not just, so the church could afford it. Um, you know, I love the decision. It's not a challenging question from a, like, I think you made the wrong decision. I love it. But explain why, what is the thinking behind that? Particularly well, in this area, particularly in the worship and creative area. Why, why not just, cause you could hire a band of eight people and they could be there every weekend and, and you wouldn't have sure. to do any of this. Well, it's an interesting, that's, that's a great question. I think it, what it comes down to is overall, our church is, is built on a model of discipleship. Um, yep. We think that um, we can, we can equip people to do the work that they've been called to do based on, mm -hmm. you know, first Peter four ten, And in doing so, they're becoming more like Christ, which fits within our discipleship model. You know, mm -hmm. we have something called a growth path. We want to move people through this growth path. And if they're a contract musician that's showing up on the weekend, that's not a bad thing. I mean, we, we know they're mm -hmm. going to hold it down at electric guitar. We know they're going to hold mm -hmm. it down on keys, but are mm -hmm. they becoming more like Christ in the process? Mm -hmm. We value that more than mm -hmm. we value. Whew, we got a full team. Yes. And so yes. that's why the grind is there because spiritual growth is a grind, you know? Yes, so yes. we have to just kind of embrace that. Listen, helping people become more like Christ is painful. It's refining. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. But I've got a guy on my team, Rich, who visited Sandals Church, um, was, was deep into drugs. Like it, he, mm -hmm. he was dealing them. He was, he was a mule type of in, in that. Mm -hmm. And his friends like, you dude, you got to go to church. You got to turn your life around. And I have watched him go from sitting in the audience, hearing a message, deciding to come back, auditioning for the team. And now one of the best worship leaders we have, um, mm -hmm. on our staff. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen if we just go, Hey, we'll pay you to play the drums. Hey, we'll pay you right. to and again, I'm not putting that down because in some situations no. you have to do what you can do. But in this, in this model is the work hard 100%, but is mm -hmm. the return the most amazing thing ever to watch people mm -hmm. go? You get to watch people on their growth path. It's like nothing else. It's mm -hmm. like, and sometimes yeah, in it. ministry, you're just, you're just dying for some joy. You know, you're just mm -hmm. dying for some wins. <laughs> so when you yes. get to see people come in where they come in and watch where God takes them through this discipleship process, it, it makes it all worth it. As hard as it is, it makes it worth it. Yeah. So good, Melody. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've lived in both uh, worlds where we've, you know, paid a lot of creative people or, and, and uh, both approaches have lots of issues with them. Uh, what the, the path you've taken um, yeah, it's like you say, it's the grind, it's, it's hard work, but I think it's a better set of problems. I think like you're yeah. saying, it's actually pushing us towards what we're supposed to be doing as a church. It's, it's pushing us towards discipleship and, and friends, you know, we've talked about this in other contexts, uh, fast growing churches have a lower per capita staff than slow growing churches. They have less staff per capita. That is just what happens. And you're seeing the mechanics behind why that is because you're attracting people, getting them plugged in, all of that. That's fantastic. Well, Melody, anything else you'd like to share just before we wrap up today's episode? 
Um, I just, I think I want to just give a word of encouragement to, to those who are in this grind of building teams, especially in, in this post-ish COVID world that we're in. <laughs> yes. um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to move away before I just say, you know, at, at, there have been times where we've gathered our teams together and said, when's the last time we prayed that God would mm. bring us more people? Like mm. we've got strategies, we've got, you know, tactics, we've got parties, we've got, but when's the last time we got to get, we got down on our knees as a team and said, God, would you bring us the people mm. that you want to be here to serve you with their gifts, but also to, to grow, um, in, into who you want them to be and, and that we would get to be a part of it. And so we're in Christian world, we're in church world, we're in ministry. So we kind of throw around prayer. Oh, we got to pray about it. But I, I want to leave people with this idea that prayer changes things, you know? Mm -hmm. So So lead by example as a leader and say, I'm committing to pray over this myself and we're going to pray over this together as a team and, and don't, don't negate, you know, the basics, um, Mm -hmm. for, for high level strategy. Um, you you need both, but one thing you got at your team's got to see you do is lead by example. And so pray for your team and then pray for their teams. Um, that that's been a, that's been a game changer here for us. All right, Melody, just before we we end, you've actually given us a resource here, uh, Building and Caring for Your Team. Uh, We're going to link to it in our show notes, but tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I mentioned Rogo School, which is what how we develop our own leaders. And so um, I put this together for our Rogo leaders, all about how to build and care for your teams. And so if it's a if it's a help to any of your listeners, um, I wanted to make it available to them. So there's a video teaching, and then I think there's a PDF as well that they can use. And and man, I hope it's a help. It's been a help to our, our leaders here for sure. Yeah, friends, this is a great resource. This is, uh, now you've come to the end of the podcast, you've listened to this, you should dive in, watch this teaching. It's the kind of thing you could share with your team. This could be a great like training thing. You're looking for something to do on a staff meeting. This is like ready to go resources. So helpful. So yeah, thanks so much for sharing that with us. Well, I really appreciate this, Melody. Thank you so much. Such great coaching and encouragement from you today. An honor that you would be with us. Um, if people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online? Yeah. So, um, um, I have a website, melodyworkman.com, which, um, Mm -hmm. I, you can get in touch with me there. Um, Instagram, I'm just Melody Workman, no fancy names or handles that, you know, there, (laughs) um, and there, there's direct links through my Instagram to both Sandals Church and Sandals Creative. Um, and so shoot me a DM. Um, you can, you know, reach me through my website and I'm happy to connect. I'd love to. Great. Thanks so much, Melody. Appreciate you being here today. Thanks Rich. It was great. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.